Welcome to the Strategy Mom Podcast. Tune in for a deep dive into everything automotive with some of the top experts in the field. Be in the know with Strategy Mob. Yeah, I, I've always I've always laughed that the auto industry is is the one industry that accepts twenty percent as you know somewhat successful. Yeah, it's like how how is that at all successful? Especially when it's so relevant nowadays that people literally show up to one point eight stores or whatever that ridiculous stat is, and you're telling me that twenty percent is successful? Like that should be eighty percent. Right. Can you paint a picture for our audience right now, Skinny, please, of what 0.8 of a store looks like? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's incredible when if you have 10 people come in, it's 10 people saying, I, I just want to buy this without pain. And I'm here because it's convenience. Don't let me down on the convenience. Right. And, and how do you. How do you let eight people down? What do you What do you do? What do you say? What are you bringing or not bringing to the table that falls flat? I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. It's a simple game. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely, it it just the the really fascinating part is as good as we think we are at being conversationalists, and really that's what a high ticket purchase is all about, mm -hmm. isn't it? We've heard all the mantras and the adage and 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 the sayings and I'll be cliche about it. People buy from people that they like and they do. Yeah, they do. Okay, they really, really do. But the amazing part is 99% of the sales population out there, and I'm talking about the whole dealership, dealer principal, general manager, salespeople alike, aren't making what they could make and being out of inventory the way they really think they should be, not be just because of the pandemic, because they don't sell the people they've already sold. Right. right? Isn't that the amazing part? Yep. Like if you were to start on the showroom floor today, knowing mm. what you know, yeah. if you sold me a car, what would be your very next sale? Your friends, your family. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But people why don't bother? know how to do that. Yeah, why bother walking out on the showroom to go and get a low gross, tough yeah. closing customer? Why not call me and say, Phil, what's the other car in the driveway? Mm -hmm. Sorry, you know what? I got ahead of myself. Really sorry about that, Bill. Called to say there must be something during delivery that didn't make sense or that we forgot about or that you'd really like to know about. Yeah. And like, <clears throat> you know what my answer is. I don't know. No, all's good. Like yeah. it, it's great. And and there's a ton of things on on our automobiles today that that it'll take them the entire duration of ownership before they realize mm. what they've actually got. Um, hard to believe. I just ran into a friend who said they had no idea that they had a power tailgate on their SUV. <laughs> I said, "How long have you had it?" He said, "I just traded it in." The guy goes, "Oh, it's got the power tailgate. That's good too." And he goes, it was where it was turned off the whole time. Amazing. Yeah. Can you believe that? Didn't see the button. No one ever mentioned it to him. Yeah. No, no friend of the golf club ever said, mm -hmm. you got to lift that yourself. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> that's how I opened mine. 
I'm absolutely shocked. And, and that that's more customer related. That's not sure. our fault and our delivery. And it was probably covered. But the bottom line is that guy should have been called to sell them another vehicle in the family. And that feature demonstrated where he says, did I get that on mine? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, 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 you've got that. You know, I, when you talk about selling to family and friends, I think the the struggle is that either salespeople don't know what to say or they don't want to have that awkward, like, Hey, do you have friends or family? Cause they feel like they're asking for something, but like you say, there's different ways to stay top of mind, to stay relevant. Or, you know, if you're going to ask for something, give somebody something too, right? It's always the what's in it for me. I was taught that really early on. If you're going to ask for something, what's in it for them as well. Um, one thing that I started doing even before, um, you know, delivery, I would walk outside and if I, you know, happen to be right time, I would see that their car's ready for delivery. I'd shoot them a quick 15, 20, sometimes minute long video, whatever the case is. And I'd text that to them. Awesome. Now, the amount of people, they're like, oh, I showed my wife that. I showed this to my friend, right? If you were, if I had time again, I'd set it up as like a YouTube video. And it's like little bragging rights, right? I've seen people actually take that and post it to their social media, right? They haven't even picked up the car yet. And I'm already getting that silent referral, awesome. you know, and then, as far as what you can do after delivery, take, again, it's so easy with what we're doing, right? Everybody has a $1,000 camera yes. in their phone. The phone, I mean, cell phones have been as cheap as 150 You can go buy a $50 flip phone. Why are they so expensive? Because what they have, when you have an iPhone with three lenses and sonar and, you know what I mean, HDR yeah. video, take the tool that everybody has go outside and use it and shoot a video. Like you say, you know what, um, Bill, appreciate you picking up that Audi A5 Sport Pack. You know, here's a quick little tutorial. I know we were kind of quick when you picked up the car, you were excited, I was excited. Here's what I want to show you. Some of the top five features that my customers always ask me questions about, you know, and yeah. little social pieces like that. But that's how you stay top of mind, right? Um, Absolutely, 100%. And, then, and like, they don't do it for one simple reason it's easier to get a coffee (laughs) at the crappy coffee counter in the dealership right even though the dealership says we have great coffee you know it's a keurig and take it to their friends and talk about what's happening what's going on yeah Yeah. playboy documentary so let me ask you this okay because this is this is my biggest frustration that I had was staff, okay? You and me are talking, we've got great ideas. I've got great ideas. Other managers have great ideas. Other managers have ideas that they've used that have worked, that salespeople have seen work in front of them. Why is it that, I mean, and let's face it, we pay salespeople to be there. I don't care what you say, you know, a flat commission when the dealership's losing $1,000, we're paying you to be here, okay? A, uh, what do they call that, your draw. Right. When some guys, you know, sometimes never pay off their draw in a couple months in a row. There's all these things that dealers do to keep people employed, buying used cars right now. Can you imagine buying used cars at retail to sell them at damn near retail? And I actually had a conversation with the used car manager yesterday and I literally wanted to hug him. He's like, I'm buying these cars just to feed my salespeople profit. Yeah. I'm keeping used cars that I could wholesale for retail to give my guys you know, commission checks. Ah, oh, man, thank you. Finally, they're waking up. 
Yes. Right? I mean, they, the, not the all of them. answer versus the easy yeah. answer. The easy yeah. answer. Wholesale it to the U.S. Oh, of course. The U.S. is paying all the money. Ah. Yeah. Like, okay, great. Well, we've got nothing. Yeah. How did that help the economy here? Yeah. Zero. Not at all. Right. That, and nothing. that move is just stupid. And I know I'll infuriate people with that statement. And I'm glad. I hope I offend them. Yeah. No, fuck them. I mean, sorry. I, I hate that mentality. I yeah. never wholesale the car to the States unless it was literally a POS that's going over to Dubai or something like that. Because I've got six salespeople that need commission. I've got a shop that makes an average $1,800 recon. I've got F&I that can pick up two grand. The short-sightedness of trying to sell it because it's like retail money doesn't make sense. But anyway, as we digress from that, like, but why is it that, you know, we pay and we motivate and we, we give opportunities to salespeople in so many different ways and that you've got great examples either from outside influences like ourselves or managers that are actually living and breathing it in the store. And then when you ask them to do it, they have zero interest or you know, they kind of go, yeah, oh no, that's a great idea. Give you the old grin F and then, you know, piss off, go do a half-assed job of what you asked them to do. And then they just coast after that. And a sales manager goes, I doesn't care. Why? What can we do? Please tell me, tell you, do you have a magic sauce for this? Like, what is it to get the buy-in, legit buy-in from somebody to do what you're asking them to do? Because you know that it's going to be helpful to them. Salary. Salary is the secret. If every single person in the entire dealership was paid a salary, and that doesn't mean that we eliminate the bonuses, but there's got to be a carrot. We are motivated by the carrot of the stick. That'll never, ever go away. And manage properly, that's easy to do. But when we pay, and, and keep in mind, for salespeople, commission salespeople, we are required by law, at least in Ontario, that we have to pay the minimum wage. Yep. If we expect them to be there X number of hours, if we expect them to dress in, in a certain capacity, if we expect them to do a job, answer the phone, greet, meet, greet customers and do presentations, they have to be paid. Now that we have to pay them, don't we have an obligation? Shouldn't we have a responsibility as management? And I mean management, general management and ownership, and especially from an ownership capacity, to make sure that that asset that I'm paying for is actually working for me. Mm -hmm. the, the old adage that, oh, well, if I pay them something, they'll learn to live on it. They won't do anything. Then that's a bench sitter and you got to decide what you're going to do with them. Mm -hmm. So if they're worth keeping, then maybe they don't know what they're doing and need some professional development and some handholding and some accountability. If they're not a bench sitter and not everybody is going to be a double digit salesperson per month, we, we got to recognize Gung Ho, that wonderful book that Ken Blanchard endorsed and, and, and just amazing how we got to have floor sweepers and we're going to have presidents. That's, we're going to have more floor sweepers than presidents, but we need them for this. It's like fingers on your hand. You can't lop one off and expect to pick up a coffee cup with these three fingers. We'll learn, but it's going to be hard. So when we create accountability for ourselves as leaders, and the easiest way to do that is to put ourselves under the thumb. Mm -hmm. And that thumb is if it costs them money. Right. That seems to be the greatest motivator for, for leaders. Okay, we're going to pay everybody's salary and a decent salary. 
the real advantage of that decent salary is that now we will expect a higher qualified individual. We're not yep. going to be advertising. No experience necessary, no training. You just need to be over 18 and we do all of it for you. We'll train you, we'll coach you, we'll guide you. We've got it all. And it never happens. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a load of shit. They're never going to train <laughs> you or guide you. They're going to give you the HR manual and say, go uh, speak to Paul over there. He's been there for 10 years. Yeah. So. And, and then the training is, Watch these these manufacturers' videos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and negotiation. Uh, 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 check out YouTube. Yeah. You know, just type it in. Uh, Cardone's got a lot of free stuff. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm gonna share with you this much, and and he would admit this too. Anything, the intrinsic value of free is still zero. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely crap and junk. The only reason it's out there is to hook you yeah, and reel you in and of bring course. you to it. And I'm guilty of that. I've got lots of free stuff out there as well. We all do. The point is you need some something to tell you what to do. You need guidance. You need a proper learning format. It needs to be organized. And you need someone who doesn't simply wake up and go, okay, I can't get a job doing anything else. Yeah. But these guys are going to offer me a job. And, and I got to tell my, my friends, my spouse, my parents. Yeah. I, you know, I got a job. Yeah. And I'm sure a ton of those parents, friends, and spouse that learn that, that Bill, little Billy's gone out and now he's selling cars. It's like, geez, is it that bad? Oh, I, I remember I got, this is a funny story. I remember when um, I was the, I was hired as a, a general sales manager for a dealership and uh, my second day, literally all my staff was gone. They let everybody go. There was one guy who'd been there for 20 years and a, another sales manager who was on the way out, you know, unbeknownst to him. And they said, okay, so it's your floor, do what you want. Anyway, fast forward. And uh, I wanted to take salespeople that have never done this before because I wanted to do a sales floor where it's non-commission and anyway, but I remember getting, you know, a younger generation of people coming in anywhere from 19 to 22, 23 years old. And I remember during the interview process and I was like, okay, I think you guys would be a great fit. I remember having to tell them that you're going to go home and you're going to tell your family that you're going to sell cars and I need you to be prepared for what's about to follow that. I was like, you need to explain to them the idea that we have here because otherwise they're not going to be interested in this. And I said, and I know that, you know, being young, that's an influence on you. Your parents' advice is always going to be, you know, very highly valued. So uh, please let them know what we're actually trying to do here because I was terrified, right? I mean, I, if my kid came and told me he's going to sell cars right now, I'd be like, okay, let's go check out that store. And, you know, there'd be a lot of investigation, so to speak. And you're wise and you're absolutely right. And I do that in, in one of my programs. Only so the, the difference being, I don't just say you can make a six figure income. I show them how you make a six figure income. And it's not the eight step sales process and it's not good negotiation tactics and skill. It's you've got this many people that walk in, this many people that should repeat buy from you, this many people that should give you a referral and this many people in your personal prospecting and networking and you should also make a deal with the business manager and the parts counter guy to sell accessories after 
You've sold the vehicle and have delivered it. Mm-hmm. And you'll make commission from all of those. And so when we add up each one of those little tiny buckets, lo and behold, it turns out to be $8,891 per month. And when we add all that up, it is $100,004. Right. There's your six-figure income. Now, yep. you can blow it way past that because I'm only talking about doing this with 14, 15 cars. And in today's day and age with the pandemic and the commissions based on the grosses that we're making, it's even easier. I'll bet you could do it with eight or nine cars, especially with six-figure trucks, right? Yeah. yeah. When they actually see how to do that, when managers and dealers and owners actually map that process out for new hires, and I loved your word, the key operative word there was fit. Did you ever tell someone, you're not a good fit? Oh yeah, for sure. Great, you're one of the very few. I have to. You have as a manager, you're operating a store. Do you want a disruptor to come in? Unless you need a disruptor to come in? There's nothing worse than having that guy on the sales floor. We all know there's always one of them. You know, and it's usually the guy where you're in a sales meeting and you're going over a strategy or a success or a failure. It doesn't matter what the hell it is. They're the first asshole to be like, oh, no, no, and they start piping up, and you're like, dude, shut up, man. But dealerships seem to keep this person around. Why? It's too expensive to let them go. If they really knew what the hell they're actually costing them in morale and culture and everything else, just friggin' pay them a check and get them the hell out of there. Anyway, I've never been frustrated with that before. <laughs> but but the, the really fascinating part is, you're right, I think dealers and owners look at it from the other perspective. They look at an empty desk and they go, oh, that's like an empty parking spot out yeah. front. They'd rather have a product sitting in a parking spot, aging an individual, a pulse at the desk because they can say, okay, we got eight. Yeah, yeah, we got eight. Okay, so we got two shifts. Yeah, yeah. And it's in sequel, right? So if somebody gets sick or goes on holiday, and that was a huge issue, right? Mm-hmm. Throughout this mm-hmm. past year, somebody gets sick, we got coverage. We can ask them to come in and do a double. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why they stay around. Uh, Farid Ahmad will love this with Dealer Solutions and if, if he gets a chance to see it, and I really hope he does. Farid was early in his career. We did a hiring program for a Nissan dealer in uh, Barrie. And I said, hey, Farid, I need you to come with me. I was doing the training, the entry-level process. The dealer wanted a whole bunch of people through, wanted us to select somebody which was weak, right? They should have done it themselves, but they they farm it out to someone else to do it. And I said, Farid, will you come along? Because you're the HR guy and you can really see through people. He goes, sure. We had a fantastic turnover. Of course, we said everything in the ad. Right. And that's the other mistake that we make as dealers. Like it is the absolute dream job of the world. Like, I think that's all that you really have to say. Right. (laughs) In order to attract people, dream job. Yeah. I'd want them to email into me. What's the dream job? Oh, it's the dream job of a lifetime. Just dream up your dream job. That's what it is to sell cars, sell service, sell parts, work for us, with us in this absolute dreamland, like it's yeah. Disneyland with, without the, the responsibility and the commitment. So we get these get 65 people through and one individual came through, was not a fit, skinny, 
like not a square peg in a round hole. Yeah. We're talking about a, 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 a pentagon peg in in a tiniest rectangle. That's what that's what was we were trying to squeeze into this and fit. And I very politely said to them, I said, with all due respect, I'm going to terminate the interview right now. You are not a, necessarily a fit for us, but I'm going to be rude because there's no other way to do this. And I was the trainer. Fried's doing the talking, 90% yeah. of it, and asking the questions and reviewing the, the resume. And he looks at me and he's glaring at me like, like laser beams digging into my temple. And it's like, let me do you a favor. You are not, this is not the place for you. Not whatsoever. Don't yeah. even think about it. Don't leave here and get angry and go and apply to 10 other places. This is not a fit for your behavior. You will have to change a lot. And mm. I don't want you to because I think that's ridiculous. And I, I hope I'm being really helpful. And I hope you don't see this as criticism and hurtful. And it was criticism and it unquestionably sure. was hurtful. But Oh my God, skinny. It was so incredibly obvious that skinny was 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. How many times have we not done it all the way along? How many suppliers like us have walked into a dealership? They go, what do you think of my team? <laughs> you know, they're, they're really nice people. Really great. I think what we got to do coming out of the, the pandemic and, and the radical changes that, that we saw happen and not go back to our old ways is say, if we can sell X number of automobiles, make X number of people happy, let's get away from selling that volume and say, if we can make X number of customers happy and those customers are coming from our market, mm -hmm. I mean, th that's the other stupid thing that's going on, Skinny. Like how many Toronto dealers are enamored with the fact, can't wait to tell you the story about the car that went to Windsor yeah the car that went to thunder bay yeah. the thunder bay dealers that have sold cars to toronto we're talking about a 26 28 hour drive in your exact words couldn't agree with you more i mean skinny i would tell tell people that that were buying at my store my store was north bay was if you go south of here be prepared to take there for service yeah. there you go what are you talking about? Like, you can't turn me down for warranty. I said, oh, no, 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 I won't. I, I, I won't. I, like, I need that business. I want that business. I've got 28 techs that, that I've got to fill their roster with work as well. And, and they're technically on commission being flat rate, but I would guarantee them so much because when we went flat rate, they oh, revolted. <laughs> Anyhow, I was like, <clears throat> I will take your car in, but understand our customers, not mine, our customers come first, mm -hmm. which means your vehicle will probably come in for something simple. Uh, let's say the anti-lock brake sensor turns on and it's a wheel sensor. Like it's sure. really a simple fix. We'll take the wheel off, have a look. Yep, we've got the part in stock. Yep, and lo and behold, this is Wednesday before the holiday weekend. And one of our customers comes in with a transmission out. And they're begging and pleading us. Can you get me going for the weekend? Because we're going away on a seven-day vacation. It's the first time ever we're going to wherever. And I was like, yep, we can. Yeah. Your vehicle 
will go outside and get parked. And the wheel speed sensor isn't fixed. You could drive it, but the light's on in the dash if that bothers you. And if something else quits as a result of it, we just couldn't get to it because I'm going to pull in our customer. We're going to re and re that transmission. If we're, we rebuild it, or we just put another one, make sure that they get on the roadway for the weekend. The number of people that would leave in a half mad walkout, the salesperson like, Bill, like, hey, look, one way or another, we got to create scarcity and urgency. Mm-hmm. And this was a long time ago, skinny. And sure enough, in half the time it took them to get to the next dealer, they were right back in the showroom like, look, can I really not save more money going down the road? And you don't say, yes. Oh my gosh, that's exactly what they want to hear. You don't say, yeah, "Yeah, you can probably (laughs) save five bucks on a payment, $100 on a gross price. But there's the human eraser, right? They're, They're attempting to erase everything they said. You tell them what they want to hear. If you could be driving your new Ram Longhorn in an hour, is that enough to help you make the decision right now? Yeah. Not to have to drive down the road? Yeah. Tell them what they want to hear. They want a vehicle. They don't want a deal. And that goes back to repeat and referrals. What happens with repeats and referrals? They don't want to call the repeats. They don't want to ask for referrals because that individual comes in, a family member. How many times have you sold a family member? And- the first thing out of the mouth is, okay, skinny, how much? How much yeah. is it? Yeah. No, the you, you repeat some referral business is fantastic, right? You just, they're coming to you. You're just chatting away and all of a sudden you're like, okay, so it's, you know, 375 a month. Yeah. Okay, cool. So back to your kids. They don't care. They, they, and some do, right? Some, some do. Like 375, come on, come on, skinny. Oh yeah. I don't want a deal. Come on. I bought two, I bought one car from you. Come on. How much for the second? One? I bought 10 <laughs> cars from you. How much for the second? Family member, right? I'll what's what is the best deal that you can do? They start whispering it like it's a gigantic yeah, freaking yeah, yeah. secret. The best answer is the obvious answer, the easiest answer. It's like what's wrong with this deal? Mm-hmm. You think I would do that to you? Okay, look, we can work this one of two ways. I can either give you the rock bottom price that I can sell it to you for, or we can negotiate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm a master at negotiation. I know you think you know what you're doing. I do it 10 times a day. Yeah. Either with employees or with customers or with my spouse or with whatever I want to buy. And that was my exact line with friends, Mm -hmm. with family, especially with family. We can negotiate. I'm like, okay, well, how much better on 375 can you do? Oh, no, it doesn't work like that. We go back to top line. So mm-hmm. let's start over. Mm-hmm. And add in all the manufacturer's discounts. Go to the highest price. And, of course, of course that's yeah. the other mistake that we make, right? With friends and family, we go to the, the rock bottom price. You don't and what do customers object to? Yeah. What does everybody object to? Yeah. Price. Yeah. So if you're going to show them how you get there. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you, uh, absolutely. I believe that you need to get to that point where they flinch, where they freak out, where they react. So quote them 24 months. Mm -hmm. You know what? The the best and cheapest way to buy this vehicle is on 24 months. Let me show you. 
you imagine 24 months on the average price of a car in Canada, that's $40,000. We're talking about an escape. We're talking about a blazer. We're talking about a RAV4, a CRV, uh, yeah. at Tucson, right? At, tw- at 40 grand plus tax and all the rest of it. And at, at uh, 24 months, it's going to be more than a mortgage payment. That's a good reason to flinch. Sure. That's like my, my example of the coach. It's $300 a month to coach your kids. I go, 300 bucks a month. And he goes, yeah, each. <laughs> That's a car payment. And he doesn't know where to go with it, right? Yeah. They yeah. have no clue. They don't rehearse it in their mind. That's the secret is putting yourself in the shoes, right? Mm-hmm. I believe that's exactly how, uh, how General Motors Jeff does his walk-arounds. They're absolutely fantastic. He puts himself in the shoes of the customer walking around. The he is not the manufacturer's product trainer. Blah! Information yeah. all over the place. Yeah. He's going around it like, if I were buying this truck, this is what I would look at. Yep. If I were buying, if I were thinking about buying a vehicle in the future and Hummer's on my list, well, Here's a little bit of information, but I don't have it, nothing to show you, but let mm. me tell you what I know so far. Manufacturers should be dribbling that stuff out. I bet poor Jeff, like I did eons ago, like you did, we're finding out from spy photos and automotive journalists guessing at, at what could be coming down the pipe. When yeah, I was at Mercedes-Benz, I leaked that information out to the guys. Mm-hmm. And and that way they could go to their customers who really want the next newest, latest and greatest and say, I know this. It's yeah. going to have forward collision warning on it. Mm-hmm. It's going to have autonomous driving. How does it work? I don't know. They just told me it's going to have it. When can I get it? I don't know. Yeah. They, they haven't told us when, when, when it is. When will you know the, how much it is? I don't know. They haven't told us that part of it. That's what keeps us on the hook. Well, I mean, I'm a Tesla junkie. I own one, but I was a big junkie for four or five years previous to it. They do it the best. They do the absolute best. They leak information to people they want who know that have that following. And all of a sudden, you know, you're on YouTube and you see this. It's like the 2023 hat. You're like, oh, and there's inside information. And they do that. People know more about these cars than I think Tesla themselves sometimes. Yeah. But they leak this and people get hooked, right? They're like, they're amped up. They're ready to go. They know what's coming in eight months. They're waiting. And anybody getting into market, and that's that's a vehicle that's obviously very searched on, on uh, the internet, on YouTube and things like that. But all vehicles are nowadays. But that one in particular, they leak this information and people are hooked and they know and then they get excited for it. And that's how you create a buzz, right? Yeah. Dropping buzz of... Uh, you know, a product released three months before it's going to hit the showroom. You're like, come on. It's not 1950. No, no. We don't pay for the showroom windows anymore. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. How many times have you shown the dance feature? Do you have the dance feature on your Tesla? The dance feature? No. What's that? What's that one? Maybe I do. Maybe that's, maybe it's something different. Okay. So, um, the doors open and close. The tailgate goes up. The lights flash. Oh no! Never seen that. App. So it's an app for your phone. Okay. And and I remember it vividly. So I was at a Chevrolet dealer, 
and a really good customer came in and he's driving a Tesla. And the, it was a successful salesperson. He rolls his eyes. He goes, oh my God, here we go. Here comes my guy. This guy buys a car every 90 days and he's got a Tesla and he's raving about the Tesla. And I said, Tesla, fuss. I'm getting sick and tired of hearing the buzz about that. Like, it's not that great. Um, the electric car is a fade, is a fad rather. Uh, it, it's it, hydrogen is the way to go. And everyone's like, yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. So the guy comes into the showroom and they're talking about it and they go from, I hate Tesla to, Hey, wow. How's it going? Love your Tesla. How do you like them? Like two faced. Oh yeah. <laughs> How was that? What was, it? was the other conversation for me? Were you baiting me, sucking me into it? So, so they're like, hey, this this is Bill. He does a lot of product training for us. Uh, knows knows General Motors product extensively. And he goes, oh yeah. He said, you you know much about the test? I said, I really don't. He said, have you driven the test? I said, uh, I've ridden in them, and and it, it's impressive. And I've I know about insane. So it is very good acceleration, and uh, it just. I, it's not one of the competitors. We don't have a full blown electric solution as of yet. And he could tell I was not interested in yeah. his Tesla whatsoever. And so the, the salesman goes, Hey, can you, can you do that thing where the doors and the trunk opens? And he goes, Oh, I downloaded something better. I got the dance. You got to have a look at the dance. And we're all like, what's the dance. And so he on his phone, he goes, and we look out at it. And the phone's playing music. So we are 50 feet from the vehicle. It's, it's out in the parking lot. And the doors open. This is the SUV. So the, the doors go up as they do. The tailgate goes up. The lights are flashing to the music. <laughs> cool. I had to eat my words, Skinny. I hated every minute of it. I looked at it. Whole showroom of guys that have been students for eons know how devoted I am to General Motors. And I go, that's freaking cool. Yeah. That is, <laughs> I said, useless, right? Yep. Because yep. how often are you going to do it? He goes, I do it weekly. <laughs> guys like you. <laughs> go, oh my god i can't believe that he goes yeah it's uh you know it is a different vehicle if you want to drive it go ahead jump in it i'll bring it up to the front so it, it had the the auto the part feature, feature yeah. not supposed to be using and of course you go on youtube and anybody will show you even consumer reports i think got slammed for showing people how to hack it so that you can make it do that like but there's a good point, okay? So let's take that. So, you know, you're disinterested, actually, in the product, right? And how many people, because uh, I can remember, you know, either, it usually goes like this. The husband comes in, the wife is in tow, the husband's looking at a car that either maybe they can't afford, or she doesn't see the reason for, whatever. There's a reason why she's not happy to be there. And I'm saying, because this is generally what I've seen. She's not happy to be there. He's all gung-ho. And as a salesperson, you're like, oh, crap. Right? Now it's just like you're about to get in the middle of a domestic if you go a little too far and try to sell this car because you're fighting a losing battle with a wife, but the husband's like, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, just show me around. There's a great idea. You've got to have one of those features in the bag for every car, especially when you start talking about trucks, 
vets, you know, the high end stuff that you don't need, but you want. I would love to have that, you know, quick feature that I can get somebody who's not interested or doesn't know much or doesn't care to be like, Hey, listen, I, I know you're not interested in the vet and whatever. I, I know this is, you think this is kind of crazy. Have you seen this? Go come check this out. You'll probably like this. That would be yeah. something where at least you can get, you know, a you're you're directing the focus to someone who's unsold, whereas the person who's interested is probably already sold. Get their buy-in, get them engaged, and get them excited. Be like, oh yeah, that's that's kind of cool, right? You and know then where you that is. Run. You know where that is on every vehicle. What's that? In the owner's manual. Come on. <laughs> every vehicle has something in the owner's manual that product training never teaches, never shows. I've done it for years, Skinny. I've taught guys how to go, hey, you get that guy coming in, power buyer, doesn't have any time, just wants your best price, shopping three places, living on caffeine and nicotine. You go, let me show you three things that you, you'll never find anywhere else. And maybe it is um, like, oh, oh gosh, here's a great one. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to show my age. Ford Tempo. <laughs> they experienced a little bit of an issue if you bumped into another vehicle their fuel shutoff switch was so sensitive it would trip and okay. it probably was going back to the pinto days when when they had those explosions of somebody crashed into the back of a pinto because the gas tank was so, so close so to make sure that they were on the very right side of the law they had this and every car has it so the fuel pump will, will cut off in the event of a severe collision well, their switch was so sensitive, it would cut out at, at, a, at a, you know, a little bit more than moderate pace bump. Mm -hmm. So if you misjudged in traffic and you just happen to contact them, thing wouldn't start again. Or if you uh, bumped, I guess, aggressively into an embankment, like in a parking lot. Or snowbank. Start. Yeah. Well, salespeople and product trainers discovered it very quickly. And so one of the things, part of the walk around was, oh, and this is the fuel cutoff switch. And in the event that the vehicle won't start, you just press this little reset button and it'll start the fuel pump and it'll go again. I didn't see it as a feature. And I, I, was, I was selling Pontiacs at the time. So I wasn't in product training. And I was like, that's a stupid feature. Clearly the manufacturer <laughs> has, hasn't done it. But wouldn't that be cool if, if there was something like yeah. that um, accessing uh, the info entertainment system, something that is really, really unusual that would only be found in the owner's manual because this is a control feature. My friend that just discovered at the end of his lease that his vehicle had a power tailgate, like mm -hmm. that one blows my mind away. Mm -hmm. really does. Like that's flat out stupidity. That That's not just absent mindedness. That is three things with that power buyer that you take them to that they're not going to find anywhere even on the internet easily yeah. that's what general motors jeff can tailor his presentation to and the dodge father when they're doing their watches here's stuff you are not going to be told anywhere yeah and just like the tesla dance you're like yeah that's cool yeah that's amazing i didn't know that and see and like here's here's the value to that because i know so I, I had this conversation literally, what's today? I don't even know what day it's Friday. I had this conversation two days ago. Okay. I was at a store and uh, we were filming the, the 2022 Pathfinder. Really cool, by the way. Um, 
And after it was done, I was just sitting in uh, and chatting with one of the guys. I've known him for, I think, eight or nine years now. Younger guy, too. And uh, we were talking about sales. And he says, uh, I, I said to him, I go, you know, how are the clients right now? He goes, dude, it's easy, man. He goes, but, you know, I don't sell. I just, he's a younger dude, but he's very relatable to a lot of different people. He says, you know me, I just shoot the shit with people and we get along and I sell my car. I said, it's funny. I said, you know, everybody always says you got to sell yourself. Sales is your, people are buying from people. People buy from people. And I said, but nobody understands that concept. I said, it's, it's, here's the thing. People buy for two reasons, convenience or they like the person they're dealing with. I said, but one can trump the other, but not the other way around. Convenience will never trump a crappy salesperson. I could go to the closest store I find. And if I don't like the salesperson, I will now sacrifice convenience and drive farther to get to somebody that I like. Right. And I'm, I'm particular. I won't buy from somebody if they're mediocre. Like if I'm like, if I'm not there having a good time, I'm not interested. It's like, cool. Appreciate it. But I'm looking for something different out of this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. People, salespeople don't believe that, but you know, Go and buy something and then you'll quickly see you won't buy from a magoo you'll guy you buy from someone that you generally like talking to so convenience can always be trumped though by someone they like in other words i have customers that will follow me all over the gta you know i've had customers in curtis that will go to richmond hill because i used to work there but then come back to ajax says now i'm working here and they'll buy different brands based on where i am right yeah yeah and when you talk about, um, you know, learning these cool features and things like that. So now picture the customer that they're coming to you because of convenience. They're already sold on the product. Well, yeah. this is fantastic. You've got your features lined up. That person is more likely to give you the attention that you want. That's great. But now what about the person that went to their convenience store and didn't have a great experience? So now they're out hunting for whatever is nail fit there maybe they're frustrated so they want that best price maybe they're frustrated with the salesperson because they didn't understand it or they talked rude to the white or whatever the case is and now you're that lucky salesperson that's on the end of this and like you said you get the bulldog that comes in hey you know what uh, i'm interested in this i just want a lease price zero town you know i don't want to waste a lot of time da, da, da. as a salesperson you're like ah crap yeah. right because i mean let's face it you can sell them a car right you can you can sell them a car, you can um, make that objective, right? And that's an objective. But as a salesperson, I firmly believe our goal is to have a great relationship with the customer, to have a customer come in and you guys both have a good time for the process. That's the goal. That when they leave, you're almost sad to see them go. You're like, oh man, I won't be able to talk to him again for a couple months until I follow up or whatever the case is, right? You're like, ah, he was a cool guy. He was a cool girl. I really wish... You know, we could continue talking. That's the goal. The objective, sell the car. A goal is that. Those are the things you want to know for when the person comes in like a bulldog, whether for whatever past reason, if you've got these cool little tracks, little features, little presentations, you can be like, listen, Bill, appreciate it, bud. Don't know what happened at the other stores. Don't want to know. It's none of my business, right? Let me show you three things that I bet you, you just don't know about this car. And if you do, I'll buy you a coffee at the free coffee station over there. And then do your thing. You're just, you're, you're, you're putting that why buy for me back into it for a person who doesn't want it, but they're curious because 
Nobody likes to not know something about what they're about to buy. Here's a question for you. You're absolutely right. And you're, you're, you're packaging all the, the stuff that needs to go into that. If it were a vacuum, what is it that you want and your spouse wants with respect to a vacuum? Do you really want to buy a vacuum? Or do you want what the vacuum's going to do? Right, which is make a clean home, make it presentable. Okay. So when the vacuum cleaner salesman comes knocking on your door with a $1,500 Eureka vacuum that looks like it was built in the 50s, and it's $1,500, it's $1,000 more than a Dyson that we all say, that's ridiculous. Who spends $500 on a vacuum? Canadian Tire's got them on sale for 99 bucks. Like that will give us a clean floor. If that vacuum cleaner guy doesn't get into your house, and vacuum your carpet with your vacuum cleaner, and then vacuum the carpet with the $1,500 one and show you, I just went over the patch that I vacuumed with your vacuum and look at our filter. And now I'm gonna do it again and does it again. And look at the dirt that came out again. And now I'm gonna do it now. Do you have a piece of bread? I'm like, what do you mean? Can you go and give me a piece of bread? Like just a slice of bread, any kind of bread, yeah. Okay, and they come back to go, he goes, I'm going to put the bread, now the floor is clean, in the filter. And he goes over the patch, and the filter comes out clean, and the bread's clean. And then he picks it up, and he eats it. He eats the bread, Skinny. And then you know what he does? He gives you a piece. He goes, eat it. <laughs> and you go, I'm not eating the bread. Eat it. Like, I'm not eating the bread. And your spouse goes, oh, come on, Mike. Just eat the damn bread. Let's get this over and done with. And you eat the bread. And then they say, will that be cash or charge? We want the clean living space that the vacuum delivers. We don't actually want the vacuum. And the door-to-door salesperson is the exact perfect example of that because you were probably not in the market for a vacuum when he pressed the doorbell and said, hi, my name's Bill. I'm with the Eureka Corporation and I sell vacuums. May I come inside and share with you why you need our vacuum for your infants to crawl around on the floor because the dust mites are absolutely at the highest time of the year right now and they're gross. Let me show you a picture, a microscopic picture of what a dust mite looks like. Holy smokes, okay, now we're tugging on heartstrings, we're creating triggers, we're attracting attention, we're going through our eight-step sales process and all our training and our negotiation. What made them buy? Let me show you something that you will not find on the internet on the new C8, on the new 2022 Pathfinder, yeah. on the new Trailblazer, on the new Longhorn. Let me show you something nobody else knows about. I just discovered it. Mm-hmm. Because it's that thing that may captivate them. That's just a trigger. And then, of course, what do they want? Especially with that spouse. Why are we here? Yeah. <laughs> money. This is ridiculous. We can't afford it. We haven't even paid off the last one. It's like, if I could have it ready for you guys in an hour, would that make things really, really easy right now? And she's like, you can have it in an hour. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or vice versa. She's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, we can't afford it. Why don't we let Louie Louie, the financial specialist, make that decision for you? Okay. Look. 
I promise you this much. I won't expect you to take delivery of if you can't pay for it. Okay, so go see Louie Louie and he'll take the credit application and, and in a nanosecond, he'll be able to tell you guys. In the meantime, I'll go out to the service department and make sure that they can fit it in so that we're not wasting any time. You guys will be driving the thing in an hour. How does that sound? I didn't even show it, didn't demonstrate it, didn't product walk it. I didn't do anything with it because she wants to get out of there. <laughs> All we yeah. got to do is use our two eyes and see what's going on. You may have gone through the most incredible training program. You may be coached by Jarek Robbins, Anthony Robbins' son, on a weekly basis on how to negotiate and close. And you may be personally mentored by Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. And maybe you've learned everything there is to know about uh, neurolinguistic processing. None of that crap matters if you can't see what the problem is. Yeah. And the problem isn't buying a new car, trade-in values, lease prices, interest rates, discount, manufacturer's discount, uh, right now, availability, product selection, waiting. The problem is time. The problem is I know everything about the car. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Or talk to them right have that casual light conversation <laughs> all we know again we know all the mantras if you can't make them laugh you'll never sell them not every customer wants to laugh no it's true so it's true. you're you're forcing again a square peg in a round hole and you know, i guess thank goodness you and i'll never be out of business We'll always be out there telling you, well, try this, try this, try this. The reality is, let's go back to our very beginning. I paid my pal a three-figure sum to coach me to ride a bicycle for eight hours. I paid him money. And I think to myself, how many people are doing that with their professional development? What would you pay to, to be able to stand with someone on the showroom floor that says, you know, I'd really like to have a look at an Escalade. And she's like, <laughs> we could show her something cool that relates to her, or we could say, hey, look, this will only take me 15 minutes. Okay, come on out here. Or what's your best price? Oh, pick a stock number. Pardon? Mm -hmm. Pick a stock number. The hell's a stock number? Oh, it's, a, it's this little tiny number up here in the little yellow tag in the windshield. You want my best price? They're all out there. Just go get me a stock number because I, I can't get you the best price on like that is applicable for everything. Like every single one is different. We hoarded them like that. You want them like that. Yeah. So what do you want? And like, I don't know. Follow me. Yeah. Right. That's a dialogue. That's a process, right? Mm -hmm. We're fitting them into, we're in the, we're at the interview. We're in the council and qualifying step number two. We've done the, the, and the greeting, oh my gosh, I hope your greeting isn't, hi, how are you? Oh, <laughs> shoot me in the head now. That's my about face and walk right out. For me, trying to get a store as a client, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Hi, how are you? Great. Introduce me to your owner. <laughs> Why? Because that's the worst greeting I've ever had in the entire life. You know, my dad just passed away. I'm not really great. Yeah. Thanks for asking. I don't yeah. really even think you care. 
uh, you know, I'm exaggerating no, and dramatizing. And bottom line is, what'd you come in to see and drive? That's a good greeting. And they're like, I don't want to see and drive anything. I just want your best price. Then pick a stock number. I've got that dominant personality. I got to be dominant back. Only two dominants respect each other. Yeah, that's all the training that you got to buy from us. And I'm not pitching. That's the reality. Yeah. That's what, what we don't do. And then we blame the customer for being idiots. Like they are because there's no buyer school as much as mm -hmm. we joke about it. And, and we say, oh, I think they do because they all say no to the same thing. If we focus on the carpet, what is a customer going to get? Well, they're going to get shiny. And you can say that. Skinny, you're going in and look at your Tesla. You go, so why should I buy a Tesla? Look at it, man. Yeah. Like, I am. It's yeah. shiny. Well, I know. Because it's new. That's what you're going to get. Okay, now I need more than that. It's fuel efficient. It's really, really, really good on gas. In fact, it's so good on gas, it doesn't even use any when it drives down the road. And they're like, I know, it's electric. I get it. It's full factory warranty, totally protected payment. I mean, I, I, I know you aren't on the vehicle you're driving right now. Hmm. Well, yeah, the one I've got right now is, is still warrantied. Not everything. Some things are prorated and you're getting to, to the end of your warranty. So it's not a totally protected payment. That's why you're in looking. I get it. Maybe something else, and and I'll make it easy for them. Segue into something else, so they don't have to admit that yeah, I'm yeah. right, right? Yeah. Well, and that's the, look at the Dodge Father, right? He does that. He man, does he know Mopar? Like this yeah. guy gets his clients right. He straight up tells them, you know, tail lights. That's what the Mustang owner sees. Yeah. Right. And that's what every Mopar guy <laughs> wants to hear. Let's be, Love that. You know? Absolutely. Hundred <laughs> percent. That is what we want to buy today's day and age. That's not how it's always been. If go back to 1990 selling and prior to that, you had to do a very conscientious walk around. Today, you still have to do a conscientious walk around with the enthusiast buyer, unquestionably. But with everybody else, yeah, the, the taillights on a Challenger, that's what the Mustang guy sees. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you don't uh, bump your head, crane your neck, or strain your back getting into it either. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, what's, I, what are you talking about? Let me show you. Open mm -hmm. the door. I mean, that's what makes getting into a Challenger so fantastic. You get into a Camaro, get into a Mustang, get into the new Supra, get into a Ferrari or a Porsche for that matter. Ah, oh, you got to be yeah, gonna uh, fall into the damn thing. contortionist, right? You got <laughs> to sneak your way in there. Like, holy geez. That is the clean living space that I got you to eat the bread that convinced you to buy a $1,500 vacuum and spend $300 a month with me when you could buy one at Canadian Tire for a third less, one time, no monthly payments. That's... That is today's day and age of selling. It's the feeling. Everybody will trade their car for newer, faster, lighter, shinier, fully protected payment, but we, we confuse it or completely diffuse the experience when they come in. And then we got to shoehorn them into our process because the boss says, Don't get me started. Don't Take them through the eight steps.
I, I cannot tell you how absolutely infuriating it is when I hear of a sales process and not a fucking buying process. People want to buy it the way they want to buy it. Stop forcing them to sell it in a different way. I yeah. hate that. I hate that. It's because they don't trust their salespeople. It's because they know best. It's because they've been doing it like this since time. Well, let's face it. There's a lot that's changed in the last 10 years, 5 years, and 18 months that tell you stop doing what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. I hate that. I want to buy something the way I want to buy it. If you try putting me into a different process uh, consciously, like, no, well, we got to do this first or I want you to try it or whatever, I'm out. Sorry. That's too totally. painful for me. Like, I'm doing it my way, bud. Totally. There has to be a process, right? There has to be steps to follow because that, that just makes it easy for everyone, buyer and seller. Uh, you have to know the process inside and out and have it memorized and absolutely know what to do. You don't have to do every step. Mm -hmm. You have to do a presentation and a demonstration. That's fundamental sales. You go buy a Rolex, you're mm -hmm. gonna get a presentation demonstration. You go buy a computer at Best Buy or at, uh, pardon me, I'm gonna date myself once again, Future Shop, future Best shop. Buy. <laughs> <laughs> you go buy a computer, you're going to get a presentation demonstration if you didn't even do it yourself and so for high ticket items there has to be presentation demonstration does it have to be 60 point feature <laughs> benefit exactly with every customer exactly oh my god no no don't even think twice about doing that it has to be that way for 25 percent of them because that's your enthusiast but with a with a dominant power buyer that bulldog you got three points and mm -hmm. three seconds with a talkative they're talking about all the cars they've ever had and they're telling you about it. you got to take control with them and get through something to pique the interest and see the glimmer in their eyes and with a compliant well they're listening twice as much as they talk and so we typically misinterpret their politeness for being interested in what we have to say and we keep puking yeah. information and at the end of three hours what do you say oh my god um, we got to go. Yeah. If their stomach isn't turning itself inside out, they're starving. They need to leave. And, mm. and that weak individual as a salesperson wonders why they can't get past single digit sales per month. And that dealer gets sold on some guy that comes in and says, we'll do uh, 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 militant process training. It's like, okay, well, you're only going to sell planning potential then if that your dealer trade 25 percent of it away and say oh, we don't have any post model like okay yeah, but that i mean when you look at training that's available um in the store like you know if you get hired as a new guy or you know you've been selling for a few years and you walk into a new store they train you on the sales steps yeah they don't train you on the theory they don't train you on you know the 40 different types of customers, the scenarios that can come up. They let you experience that, screw it up to 18 times, right? And that's that's frustrating because like you say, like you, you have to know what to do with uh, 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 someone who will just come in and let you jibber jabber about a car. And you're right, I've been caught. You think they're interested and then an hour and a half later where you're like, oh, this is going really well. 
And they're like, yeah, we gotta go. Like we, we, we didn't think it would take this long. I've actually heard that once. Yeah. We didn't think it would take this yeah. long. And you're like, oh, I thought you were interested. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Absolutely. But, and that, that's where that, that, that um, dynamic training, I think is very important to have. If it's not being done by the sales manager, cause anyway, um, bring in an outside source. To your point, train the lifestyle, right? Train that this is what you need to wear. This is how you got to speak. You know, these are some words you want to not say and some words that really trigger good responses. But on top of that, guys, there are, you know, so many different types of customers, especially nowadays. This is what I want you to understand about each an individual scenario because they all kind of come back to the same thing, don't they? Yeah. I mean, 50 different types of people walk in the showroom of all those 50 types of people, it's really all honing back to one or two points that you're really trying to make and it's product value selling yourself and making them align and make sure the payment justifies overly justifies the price of the car that you're selling. And I'm going to disagree with you on, on sales manager doing training or any manager doing training or the dealership does any training by handing them the book that says, here's our process is oh, not training. And that's why I believe everyone hates training because yeah. I didn't yeah. get any. Yeah. They said I wouldn't, I didn't. So the the big question is, if I would spend a, a very paltry sum of money on learning how to do an eight-hour race, why don't people who don't get professional development go out and buy professional development? Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if they even know where to get it. I'm wondering if my website even shows up. I'm wondering if your website shows up. I'm wondering if whomever... And Cardone does an incredible job of plowing an enormous amount of, of advertising. Maybe they're going to that. Maybe they're getting bad professional development message. I, I, it, it, it's well, I, I know dealers who have the books on the shelf. <laughs> you know, the sales manager, this is so bloody. It's so uh, uh, stereotypical. You know, they've got the Joe Verde books. They've got the this book, the that book. They got them all stacked up. You know, and then they hire salespeople, they have salespeople then slept and what do they do? They just grab a book off the shelf and go, here, read this. Yeah. Um and and they they that's 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 the solution, but there's so much more dynamic sales training that's actually the fundamentals and the the real life experience that I think needs to to happen. And and you're right, I don't know myself a single pay salesperson that has told me that they went out and got training themselves on their own. And that is incredible. When you think of it, like you say, you'll spend $200 after taxes on a gym membership to go. And then once you're there, you know, you spend the 35 bucks or whatever it is an hour for a sales personal or a personal trainer. But the sales process, the job that provides you the income for the after tax benefits and the enjoyable lifestyle that you want to have, we just we're like, no, I don't want to spend money on that. <laughs> and you see the benefits of a personal trainer. And you yeah. see the benefits of the gym. Yeah. You can get the exact same benefits in your bank account and making customers happy, making the investment in yourself. Mm -hmm. And so it still comes back to what would you invest in yourself for professional development. What do you think is is a reasonable amount of money? Let's let's go with a percentage of income. 
Skinny, I'm asking you point blank. What is a percentage yep. of income that we would advise our kids and our kids' best friends to invest in themselves for professional development to become the leader of their industry? And again, going back to Gung Ho, there's going to be floor sweepers, but you want to be the best damn floor sweeper in the world, right? You want to, you want to, you want to move up, man. You don't want to always be a floor sweeper. Well, and and I don't agree with that either, right? Really? See, I, some, I think that some people just want to sweep the floor, and I and I would have agreed with you ten years ago. Today, I don't. I'm like, I get it. We need to have a floor sweeper. That person likes to sweep the floor. They do a great job of it. We're leaving them alone. Okay, right. that's their thing. They're not going to be in charge of the chemicals of the lockup. They're not going to be in charge of, of assets. They're, we're not going to put them on a team and see if one group of floor sweepers can do better than the other. They're just going to come in and do their job to the expectation that I have. And we're going to leave them alone. And that's another way that we can look at salespeople. They're not all going to move up. They're not all going to be in management. They're not all going to be general managers. And of course, mm. the, it's just a pyramid, right? And they're not going to own a dealership. There's a few of us that did, but we are the outliers. The reality is, what would you invest in yourself, not expect your organization to pay for, that you'll damn well do? I I, I like the, uh, uh, I had a, a piece of software that had ongoing training twice a month. And I had a rep that would call me, we would review what we're doing the processes, everything that we talked about last time, then we'd set some goals. They'd always give you a couple of cool little tips, set some goals, try some stuff, call you two, three weeks. That myself, if there was a professional development program like that, I would, I would put 5% of my salary towards that. If it was ongoing, you know, bi-weekly, bi-monthly, whatever, some sort of schedule that I knew I had accountability to continue doing what I'm doing. Like we said, remember the last time we spoke, and you remember, I, I said to you, I would need, uh, I would like to create something where, you know, I don't have people going, I don't know what I want to shoot and done something that helps them direct them down to the ultimate goal. So I can do my job better when I show up. Right. Yeah. And I had that deadline that you set in mind. You said, how long is that going to take you? I said, let's say next Friday, Thursday evening, I'm sitting there going, oh shoot, I've got to do this. And I was worried you were going to check in. So I went and I found it and I researched it. I built one. And that's what awesome. I did. So it was the accountability for me. I need accountability. And I think a lot of people need accountability, especially when it comes Absolutely. to professional management training, um, you know, whatever you want to call it. I think you do need some accountability to have somebody hold you to the fact that if you want to get better, you have to actually do it. You have to take the steps to get better. So I like that. But I, I would love, you know, a, a, a every two weeks, every three weeks, whatever it is ongoing training, that call, that Zoom chat, that what have you done? What did we talk about? Have you done that? You know, what prevented you from doing that? Okay, what are we going to try now? And how did, you know, that that coaching, I put easily 5% of what I'm doing into getting that. And it's tax deductible, Skinny. Yeah. And right now, because I'm an approved vendor with the Canada Job Opportunity Grant, you could get 100% of this paid for by the government, hmm. with me at least. The secret is 
Not that it's paid for. The secret is that it's not tax deductible. The secret is not that it'll generate you a six-figure income. The secret is, what do you want? A vacuum or what the vacuum will produce? A clean living space, a clean, healthy, dust mite free. And you look at a dust mite under a microscope, that tugs on the heart strength. That puts it in reality. Those things are and fleas and ticks and everything else. If you've got pets in the house, what do you want? A vacuum or clean living space free of those things? When you make that decision with respect to professional development, I think the, the sum becomes insignificant, not irrelevant, mm -hmm. insignificant or paltry and it's just like the gym membership. You see the results instantly. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm flabbergasted how few people think free is worth it. And, and owning Joe Verde, my program, Grant Cardone on your shelf in the dealership, great. But at that point, it's free. Mm -hmm. It's already there. Mm -hmm. What would you invest in yourself for professional development to be better. And I get it. I'm not going to get 100%, but I'll get 20% of the, of the audience out there that says, I want you to call me. I mm -hmm. want to tell you I did it. Because we do things in life for two reasons, desperation or innovation. And that's the accountability, right? Innovation, you just go ahead and do it. That's the accountability. You're excited to do it. I mean, I'm diving deep into LinkedIn right now, bot sales navigator, watching all the videos, talk to, talk to a business coach that I pay for to help me with marketing and advertising. And he said, okay, this is how you filter. This is how you create lists. Could you just imagine salespeople doing this bill? Could you use what you're learning how to do in your, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. I never would have learned any of that if I wasn't excited to do so, and then I went out and bought it. Yeah. Or we do it out of desperation. And quite frankly, I think a lot of us did things last year differently out of desperation. And that was 100%. the accountability. Holy 100%. cow, if we don't shift gears, learn how to sell online, we could lose the store. Mm -hmm. And that that's from salesperson to sales manager, to general manager, to dealer principal, to dealer group owner, and, and right through from the service department, right? From techs to advisors to, to the parts department, you know, do we really concern ourselves with inventory management? It's, it's back here, but we need to be focused on customers, customer focus. Do we have the parts? Are we ready to go? When somebody brings it in uh, and they don't wanna be here, pandemic, right? Yeah. yeah. Are we continuing on with that going forward? Because if you don't know how to do it, what are you investing in yourself? Yeah, and you know what? I mean, for, for salespeople that listen to this, I think, like you say, you don't want to get to that point where you're desperate because either your job's on the line or you're starting to hate what you do or you're starting, right. to get, you're starting to get depressed because, you know, it's just like, ah, I'm not making what I want to make or things like that. That's a very poor position to start from. Although now you're very open, you're very open-minded, your ears are wide open. 
you, you're you're battling all these other mental problems that you're going to go through just to get right back on track to where you can approach a customer with confidence. I think right now for the salesperson that is do and 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 you know what I really like about this time in particular to start to do something like this is if you are still with the same dealer you were with before this 18 months ago last January right last last January yeah. <laughs> if you're still with that store you're one of their guys you're one of that that crucial people in that team because you've stuck it out you know your your mental head game very strong obviously to stick it out through this time if you want to take what you're doing and you've just you know you've obviously made some changes to to adapt to what's going on you can see the light at the end of the tunnel you're obviously a positive person you're you're just you're gonna like i'm keep going i'm keep charging forward we'll get through this and I'm not jumping ship. Now is the time to say, okay, we're about to come out of this. This the light isn't at the end of the tunnel. The light's at the door frame right now. Right? We're so close. This is the time when you say, okay, the next 12 months, 16 months, whatever it is, is crucial to my career. Because now I want to get going. I've learned all these new things and I feel confident. Now's the time to say, now I want to learn what you have to offer. I want to learn these things that I've never taken the time to think about. I've only experienced them and maybe you did well, but I'm sure not with every one of them. This is the time I think that dealerships, managers, salespeople, floor sweepers, receptionists could all really say, okay, this is the time to get that training so that I come out of this so strong, I won't even remember the last two years. Right. And that's that to me, I would be in every single dealership telling that to every single salesperson, whether they've been there 20 years or six months. But this is the time. This is such an opportune time to really now that the doors are open, the showrooms are open, hopefully in a couple months, the masks are coming off. We're getting back to some normal reality. This is the opportune time to get that coaching, that mentoring to really adapt and get so much better at what you do. Yeah, I believe it's a survivor versus competitor mentality. There's a lot of us that are going to come out of this pandemic as in survivor mode. I made it. Yeah. Could have been your best year ever. Yeah. I survived the pandemic. If you take that mentality, then you're you're just going to succumb to whatever the marketplace will deliver for you. And mm -hmm. we could easily go into a recession on the other side yeah. of this because the supply chain is so fragmented. That has to be put in place as much as we're anxious to get back to some kind of normalcy. That's that is a huge time frame. The other part of the equation is from a competitor perspective. Now, all of a sudden you're thinking, OK, what's my product differentiator? Well, it's you. And that's why I keep coming back to you. What would you spend on professional development? I did an eight-hour bike race and invested in some kind of coaching to prepare myself for it because I didn't want to hurt like hell at the end of the eight hours. Not I didn't want to beat everyone on the track. That didn't matter. I just didn't want to be dead, half mm -hmm. dead, or for that matter, literally dead. Like if I went in and I poured it all out, I could have a heart attack and the guys have done it. And I'm the weekend warrior because I'm at that age where you got to be smart about it. That's the secret. We come out of this as a competitor and say, okay, my product differentiator is investing in myself. 
not expecting my store to pay for it, but if they do, fantastic. If the government will, amazing with Canada Job Opportunity Grant. Call me, text me, ask, free strategy call, tell you all about it, how you qualify, great. That's not the reason why you do it. The reason why you do it is you're a competitor. You don't, you don't necessarily wanna sell a hundred cars next year. You wanna make as many people happy that are coming in. And they've all gone through a buying process, thinking, talking, research, touch and feel the car. Now they're coming to talk to you. Unquestionably, they're there for no other reason, to buy. Believe that. Forget mm -hmm. about the eight steps that you take them all through. Too many dealers put the emphasis of bad training, bad professional development, ill-prepared people, too much emphasis placed on the steps of the process will save them. It is innate. It is necessary, but it is innate. And that's what you and I are talking about where I hate talking about sales process. I hate talking about training because they think those leaders that have purchased it and empowered someone to teach their SaaS believe and have been sold a bill of goods with all due respect to everybody. They've been sold a bill of goods that this process will solve all your problems. Now, the filter <laughs> is good in the vacuum, but the fan and the hose and the beating yeah. head all work in unison to trust you to eat that piece of bread. Yeah. That's the secret to a clean living space. And we, we, we just can't get that message out enough. And I, and I believe like Playboy in the documentary, I'll bring this full circle is if we focus on investing in ourselves as a product differentiator, then it'll all make sense. But if we don't get to that point, just like Russell Brunson says, I give this to friends and family all the time. Nobody ever does anything with it. I give them a $6,000 product, nothing ever gets done because the intrinsic value of free is worthless. Mm -hmm. That's all I got for you, pal. <laughs> Dude, I, I think hope it was helpful. No, I think that sums it all up, man. I really do. I, 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 uh, <laughs> you have to invest in yourself at some point if you really want to do what you do well. And there's nothing more empowering than having the confidence to do what you do, to talk to customers, any customers in a sales gig, right? Like there's a reason why there's a manager looking at the floor going, who's up? The salespeople saw the person walk through the door. They're just terrified to talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They are. I mean, I, I can't tell you how often I remember when I started in, the, in, in F9, right? I had really an idea of what to do. But then I learned the steps on what to do. So I had a little bit of theory. I had a, 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 some sales training and I got my first TO and I'm terrified. I got my 10th TO and I'm terrified because I'm still not confident enough because as great as the steps to selling F&I are, I haven't dealt with enough customers to understand the objections I'm going to get, the different types of customers I'm going to get. I've never dealt with that. And I don't have the vocabulary yet because it's all new to me, right? And I got the training where it's like, hey, you know, we've got uh, this warranty company. They're going to come and put you on their online tool. Well, that's fantastic. But give me something practical I can work with, right? Yeah. And, um, and if you bought it, you may have said to them, 
okay, great. I love the online and you've Give got eight weeks of videos and, and 80 modules that are no more than 10 minutes at a piece. So it's not going to take you all day to go through it, Skinny. Maybe you'd say, okay, yeah, that's great. But I can tell you right now, before I even open it, mm-hmm. that's not going to be enough. Mm-hmm. Right? You can't give me every scenario. But I got a feeling that if I talk to you, Bill, you can give me something to work with based on the scenario that I present to you. Yeah. Like the, the, the person that says, like, uh, I don't know. I never buy a warranty. <laughs> yeah, I never buy a warranty. I never buy life insurance. I never buy disability insurance. I never buy rust protection. It's like, okay, what do I do with that? What if they exactly. never buy anything? What, what do I do? Does your online program tell me what to do with the individual who says, the salesman told me not to buy anything? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yeah, we, we touch on that. Yeah, 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 there's a whole dialogue. Yeah, well, well, what if what if the individual is told, my dad said, don't buy anything when you go in the box. What's the box? That's the business office. That's the steam room. Okay, don't listen to that guy. He's a snake oil salesman. You don't need to buy. You agree on the car. You say no to everything in there. Oh, that's the same as the salesperson that says, don't buy anything in there. He says, no, it's not. His dad told him not to. Yeah. Right? What yeah. if? What about the scenario where the dad comes in, sits down and goes, no. Hey, look, who's buying the car? Him or you? He is. I'm Mm -hmm. saying no to all of it. How do I handle that? Did your little video program show me that? Possibly. But I need to talk to you. What what do I need to pay to be able to talk to you? Okay. Mm -hmm. And they go, well, there's some some classes that we do every single week. You want to participate in that? Great. So that's that's the, the next sales step up. Okay, great. How about talking to you? That's the next step up. And then, well, what about talking with other like-minded business managers that are really successful, like real six-figure, like healthy six-figure guys and gals? Okay, well, that's the mastermind. That's another one. That's where a good training organization practice whatever you want to call it having those steps just like we go from civic to accord Mm -hmm. to crv to um uh pilot you know they're all steps you 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 don't go into a honda dealership at the very beginning when honda came came to the country in the 60s and they go okay we're we're coming in with a ridge line that's what everybody wants yeah they're they're Step. It's how you learn anything, right? It's how you learn anything. Yes. Right? And, and like it, I, it costs money all the way along, yeah. right? This isn't cheap. It gets, I'll, I'll let you in a big secret. It gets more expensive every step up, okay? So that's the reality of it. But the results that you get, the clean carpet, mm-hmm. you can eat the bread right out of the filter. The filter's so good. It's like, ah, oh, Okay. Yeah. When you you stop, no, well, when you stop in one of these, when you stop educating yourself on how to do your craft, you plateau straight up. You just plateau. You you get complacent, worse than plateau. You go down. Yeah. And and how many times do you you hear that? You know, you can tell 10% of your customers to FO, not literally, but, but you can. He's like, really? You, you think that's a, that's a tactic. You think that's really, I mean, imagine telling Gary V that. 
Hey, Gary, you can tell 10% of your customers to FO and 20, you should nix 20% of your customers every year. <laughs> really? Hmm. Gee whiz, you know, I, I can't imagine how my income would change by doing that because it just doesn't sound customer focused. It may be business wise. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I could see Gary saying that, trying to play to both sides of the fence, but I think he's going to circle back around to why? Why do that? Why just not try to please everybody? Try, yeah. right? Which doesn't mean saying yes to everybody. And that's the power of no. And that's being confident to say no. And that's knowing when to say no. And that's being confident in the conflict and the risk zone of negotiation. Mm -hmm. But that's what you pay for. What are you prepared mm -hmm. to invest in that to learn how to do that? That's what Gary Vee is talking about. That's why yeah. he used the expletives and the F-bombs to really drive home the fact that you don't know what you're doing because you didn't buy it and you're not holding yourself accountable to it. Forget about the coach that calls you on the phone. That's just because you're, you're weak and you're, you're just lazy and you, you found something else more important to do. You need to develop that innovative style to be, a, to have a, competitive differentiator in the marketplace and that's when it comes out of your wallet now yeah. it's perfectly fine to get the government to pay for it with the government ontario job grant or the job opportunity grant which is nationwide or your dealers say this is good oh i like this guy i like this stuff this is the way to do it i'll buy it for you guys but hold yourself accountable mm -hmm. i can't I, I can't be cinderella sweep in and say hey skinny did you make that extra call? You know? Yeah. No, you have to one, be accountable. One lazy day a week. Let's leave our readers and listeners with this. One lazy day per week. Not your day off. One lazy day where you just don't feel like doing anything. Every single week of the year equals one month mental yeah. vacation. Yeah. Literally. Uh, an entire month. So now, instead of doing your job in 12 months, you're doing an 11. Write your goals based on 11. Yeah. That's just one day. How often do we go through that? How often do we do that? January, February, March, if there's tons of snow, rain, pandemic, strike, the excuses go on and on and on. What are you investing in yourself? Make yourself that much better. What are you asking your dealer to pay for? What is your dealer looking at going to their guys and saying, look, I'll buy this for you. Just will you do it? Mm -hmm. Because I want it for competitiveness. I don't want it for survivorship. Just thought. Yep. And <laughs> to leave it at this, you'd be surprised what a dealer will invest in you as a salesperson, manager, or otherwise. Because yes. They don't necessarily have the ideas. They know how uh, the the person they know, but more importantly, and I, I I I know I've seen this where dealers have this brilliant idea. They go and they invest in something, and then there's not that complete buy-in because they just they don't talk about it. They're just like, oh, I saw this guys were doing this next week. But if you are a salesperson, manager, whoever it is that's that wants the training, when you approach them. I would be shocked if there's not participation in the cost, if not full comp, you know, splitting it with you because they want to invest in their people. They want their people to be better. And if there's somebody going, hey, my hand's up, I want help. 
I like this person. This person resonates with me. I like their style. Why the heck wouldn't you? And the best part is the is the Canada Job Opportunity Grant right now, Skinny. If you got less than 99 employees, you can get 83% of it paid for the existing staff that is there. If they're brand new, you get 100% of the tuition paid for that individual. And I'm running a 120% approval rate. I've got a business writer on it. It's an absolute no-brainer. We do all the work. There is some paperwork, some signatures, some documentation because it is the government giving you money that you need to do, but it doesn't account to any more than two hours worth of work and we'll hold your hand all the way through it. If you want it, happy to talk about it, but don't do it for that reason. I don't want to talk to anybody and I, and, and I wouldn't, if I were you, the dealer and the observer watching this, I wouldn't do anything because it's free. The intrinsic value, let me drive that home, is worthless of free. You do this because you want what the vacuum cleaner, what the lawnmower is going to do. A nice manicured lawn. Nobody mm-hmm. goes out to Home Depot, Canadian Tire, the John Deere dealer to buy a lawnmower. I can't wait to buy a lawnmower. Really? You're a freak. Give me a break. <laughs> you want what the lawnmower will do. And that's selling today. Not 1990s. 1990s, yeah, you could want to go and buy a lawnmower and we'll sell you all the features and benefits of it. They got all that. It's at their fingertips. There's mm-hmm. nothing new out there. No one builds a bad product. You need a product differentiator and salespeople, Dodge father, General Motors, Jeff, product differentiators. Huge, huge differentiators. And you think to yourself of all the customers that that you met and they said, we have no intention of buying today, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Now we're just yeah. driving by. We're just starting our shopping. Just starting to shopping because it takes three freaking hours. Yeah. Now that's but fun. It's always, but those people who say I'm not buying today ended up buying today. They're always the happiest customers. Yeah. Yeah. Always the happiest the customers. And they paid the most. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Always. Of course. Right? But I mean, when you talk about, you know, the Playboy bunnies and the training for a cocktail waitress, but look at the brand. Yes. Right? The Playboy Bunny yeah. brand was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Right? And dealerships always talk about branding and, 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 influencers and video and marketing and it's tell your story and why are you different and why buy for me and all Lip this horse service. Sh- it's horseshit it really is bullshit but branding that can be done when you have eight salespeople on the floor all with that same culture that vibe that because that's branding branding is not a logo or a slogan branding is what you feel right it's what it's, that gets delivered and it's comportment everybody dressed the same yeah. Everybody says the same thing. What did you come in and see to drive today? Mm-hmm. And we're a car dealership. Mm-hmm. Not can I help you? Like, mm-hmm. We had a great deal uh, deal on Ro- Rolex watches, Breitlings, and Carchet. Yeah, we don't have any of that crap. You know, like yeah. hey, you ca- we we bought way too much rust protection equipment. Did did you come in to get your vehicle rust protected? They're like, no, I'm looking for a new car. Oh, follow me. Everybody says the same thing. Are you coming in on 0% financing? Are you coming in on a ring to win? Everyone says the same thing. That's branding because it's the brand. Wow. Imagine if a manufacturer did that in every single store you went to. What did you come in and say and drive today? I was just at the end of the other Hyundai dealership. That's exactly what the other guy said. It's Hyundai. What's my best deal? What you see on the windows, what you pay. Good news yeah. and bad news. That's the most. That's the least. That's it. Well, that's what the other guy said. 
That's mm-hmm. it. Want to be driving it right now? Yep. Right. And that's branding. And, and that's that's what we don't get. We we just we we need to simplify all this, simplify the training, simplify the branding, simplify the message. And that's what I think dealers will buy when it yeah. when it gets really, really simple. Um, where it is very complicated and convoluted. When we talk about helping salespeople get better, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and they'll give us all the reasons why they're not on it. Uh, Summed up with, I don't do social media. That's fine. Then crawl under a freaking rock and don't expect (laughs) to make more than three sales a month. That's it, okay? That's the bottom line. People buy from people they like. And if they don't even know you exist, they'll never come in to like you. Right. It's not about Mm -hmm. selling the car. It's like, do I like you? Do I trust you? Do I believe you? Do I know who you are? And it's not Google reviews. That's a part of it. And it's not it's not advertising and it's not billboards. That's a part of it that those are just the stair step levels. But at the same time, we're not doing a good job as as teachers and leaders of showing them how easy it is to do this. We're, we're not holding, I, I wrote a terrific program in the wintertime specifically on that and had a CFO of a dealer group. He said, I want to go through it. I want to see what you're teaching guys. So he did. He goes, Bill, that's not for salespeople. That's for dealer principals. That's for our general managers. And I said, well, I don't agree at all, Brian. Um, you've got some sales guys that will invest in themselves and do Google ads. Not all of them will. Some guys that will do and actually do do, and you don't even know what's going on advertising at Facebook. He goes, well, I want to know about that because that's got to be consistent with our group and brand. I said, Brian, you don't have a brand, yeah. okay? Yeah. You, your Humberview group brand is Applewood, Cooksville, Baysville, Bayfield. You want a brand? They strip all those names off the building, and it's Humberview group mm-hmm. and Humberview group, and they're all in white and black shirts and they all answer the phone the same way welcome to the humberview group mm-hmm. that's the brand you have no freaking clue and this is cfo general manager who brought me and he's like <sighs> like that i said i sure as hell can it's my company and i don't give a damn whether you guys want to go with it or not and of course it was it was a five figure income a whole process the online the support and and the and the canada job grant was involved and at the end of the whole thing he goes yeah we'll do it yeah and the gentleman is like i've never seen anybody tell him no and this isn't the way it's going to be and you don't know what you're talking about and him say yes afterwards normally he goes you've been really helpful this is great and you walk out and then the door closes he goes we'll never talk to that guy again yeah <laughs> it's like he wants to hear the truth but you have to be able to be you have to be confident of your position you have to have the rapport you have to be able to support your conclusion with factual evidence that's what i had and and it's not hard to swallow it's not hard to believe but uh gosh it's frustrating when when we when i hear a dealer talk about brand you guys do brand amazing Jason does brand amazing. Uh, Turbo Marketing does brand amazing. I don't do brand. I, I come in after you guys have driven the traffic in. Yeah, yeah. But that's the mistake. And I've said that to Harrison. I've said that to to Sean Casey forever. You know, you guys can drive all the traffic to the showroom. If the guys can't close, you get blamed for not doing anything. Yeah, you yeah. made the phone ring, but yeah. we didn't sell any more cars. So yeah, I don't think we'll do anything next month. That's why. 
unpredictable income. You yeah. have to marry up with with a trainer that comes in and teaches them how to do it. And and it's not the it's not the process. The process is there. You have to mm -hmm. have the process. Everybody's got a process what's perfectly defined or not. What we need to focus on is how many customers we make happy. And every single customer walks through the showroom doors, we should make happy. Yeah. Yeah. They don't. No. Nope. It comes down to one in five closing ratio. We'll get one yeah. in five of them. It's like Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'll right, let you friend. go man i'm tying you up <laughs> two months. this is great have a great weekend good luck you tomorrow. too thanks, thanks. buddy bye take care thanks for tuning in to the strategy mob podcast don't want to miss new content visit us at strategymob.com to view our huge library of content and to sign up to be a mobster and stay in the know and remember to like comment and subscribe Happy podcasting.